This is Radioactive, a grassroots environmental and social justice news journal for March 10, 2022, with Meredith DiFrancesco and the Sunlight Media Collective. This week, the Maine Legislature's Judiciary Committee continued to consider legislation that would address some of the long-standing detrimental impacts of the 1980 Maine Indian Claims Settlement Implementing Act on the Wabanaki tribes and recognize their status as equal to the other 570 federally recognized tribes. On February 15th, a record-breaking number of testimonies were heard at a public hearing for over eight hours in support of LD 1626, an act implementing the recommendations of the Task Force on Changes to the Maine Indian Claims Settlement Implementing Act. The bill includes 22 recommendations developed by a task force convened in 2019, made of bipartisan legislative representatives, the tribal chiefs of the Penobscot Nation, Passamaquoddy at Sapayak and Madokmaguk, the Holton Band of Maliseets, and the Mi'kmaq Nation, and ex officio representation from the State Attorney General's Office, Governor's Office, and the Maine Indian Tribal State Commission, MITSIC. The recommendations include changes to policy regarding trust land acquisition, use of land and natural resources, hunting and fishing, taxation, criminal jurisdiction, civil jurisdiction, and the applicability of federal laws to the tribes within Maine. Currently, the Wabanaki tribes are exempt from federal laws passed affecting other federally recognized tribes unless the law explicitly includes them, an action the state of Maine has often subverted. Recent examples include the Violence Against Women Act, the Indian Health Improvement Act, and the Stafford Act regarding federal disaster funds. Since the passage of the controversial 1980 Settlement Act, the Wabanaki tribes have been confronted by restrictive state interpretations of the act that have often equated the tribes to municipalities and sidestepped the Maine Indian Tribal State Commission established to aid in interpretation of ambiguities as outlined in the act. Recent high-profile conflicts include the court case concerning the state's territorial taking of the Penobscot River within the Penobscot Nation's reservation, and the struggle for the Passamaquoddy to address the drinking water crisis at Sabayak, an issue also being taken up in legislation this session in LD 906, an act to provide Passamaquoddy tribal members access to clean drinking water, sponsored by Representative Rena Newell. Over 1,600 written testimonies have been submitted in support of LD 1626, with over 100 presented live at the hearing on February 15th. These included Wabanaki tribal leaders and community members, and over 100 diverse organizations across Maine, including unions and businesses, engaged in a growing and deepening support for Wabanaki sovereignty. The schools at Sapayak and Madokmaguk and the Penobscot Nation were tuned in to the proceedings online. Though opposition testimony was provided by industry interests in past session hearings when the bill was heard and held over in part due to COVID, only Governor Mills' chief legal counsel, Jerry Reed, presented live opposition last month. Though both the governor's and attorney general's offices were at the table for the countless hours of task force meetings, it became clear that what tribal leaders and legislative commission members considered to be groundbreaking and fruitful work was being opposed by these offices, who proceeded to set up separate meetings with the tribes. The governor's office now supports LD-585, an act to enhance tribal-state collaboration to revise the tax laws regarding the Holton Band of Maliseet Indians, the Passamaquoddy tribe, and the Penobscot Nation, 
and to authorize off-track betting facilities and federally recognized Indian tribes to conduct sports wagering, a bill also being heard this session. Though the tribes support this bill, they have made it clear it does not replace the LD-1626 omnibus bill. A bill containing the task force recommendations regarding the ability of tribes to operate casinos under the Federal Indian Gaming Regulatory Act passed the full legislature last session, but was vetoed by Governor Mills. A work session was held on LD-1626 this week. A third session will be held Tuesday, March 15th at 1 p.m., when a committee vote is expected. Today we hear from some of the tribal leaders who spoke at the public hearing on February 15th and from the sponsor of LD-1626, Representative Rachel Talbot-Ross, who also serves as the assistant majority leader in the main house. We begin with the testimony of Vice Chief Daryl Newell of the Passamaquoddy at Madokmaguk. I'm honored to be before you and to, to share a few words of our language that has been spoken here for thousands of years. And committee chairs, uh, Senator Carney, uh, Representative Harnett, and honorable members of the um, Judiciary Committee. My name is Daryl Newell. I'm Vice Chief of the Passamaquoddy here at Madoc Migog Indian Township. I also have the honor of serving as a commissioner on the permanent commission on, on the status of racial, indigenous, and tribal populations. I also sit on the board of directors for the Webenaki Alliance. Last but not least, I was fortunate enough to represent our Passamaquoddy tribe at Madakmigug to the task force on changes to the Maine Indian Land Claim Settlement Act, the uh, Implementing Act which labored over proposed changes to the Settlement Act for a six-month period in 2019. I had the honor of being among true warriors in tribal state leadership. Thank you for allowing me to address you this morning in support of LD 1626, an act implementing the recommendations of the Task Force on Changes to the Maine Indian Land Claim Settlement Implementing Act. This bill, LD 1626, is of great importance to our tribe. This legislation has the potential of being the pivotal point in beginning to heal our broken tribal state relations. It's important to note that the main Indian claim settlement was initiated by our, by our tribes having a legitimate legal claim to more than two thirds of what is now the state of Maine. The tribes in the state of Maine were mutually motivated in resolving this dispute over illegal transfer, the illegal taking of Indian land in violation of federal non-intercourse act. I spent much of 2019 in Augusta. The common theme that I regularly heard there was these Indians want special status. From my view, it is the state of Maine that has special status. The Maine Indian Land Claim Settlement Implementing Act afforded the state of Maine special status in tribal state relations, unlike any other state in the country. The only special status we have is having access to less federal legal protections and opportunities that other federally recognized tribes in the country have. That's no special status that I want. 
I had the honor of sitting among tribal state leadership on the task force on changes to the Maine Indian Land Claim Settlement Implementing Act, to which this bill refers. We spent hours over the summer and fall of 2019 trying to learn and educate each other on what tribal sovereignty means and how the status quo in Maine creates challenges for the Wabanaki tribes. This was truly a collaborative process that the legislature asked the tribes to engage in. We fully engaged after great reluctance and it was a very productive process. I experienced and witnessed the true exercise of equal government to government relations. I was honored to participate in the deliberations to amend the historic Maine Indian Land Claim Settlement. Indeed, this is historic. It's used in law school curriculum, instructing future legal professionals in what tribes ought not to do in tribal, state, and federal government dealings. The settlement remains an example of a terrible negotiating error that resulted in the loss of sacred inherent and sovereign tribal status. This occurred as a result of a systemic state orchestrated conspiracy to regain an oppressive superior status once held during the wards of the state era that lasted until we gained our federal recognition in the 1970s. To me, sovereignty means inherently sacred inalienable rights, which should never have been put on the negotiations table for debate and compromise. Where sovereignty exists, there is an equal government to government relationship. Tribal sovereignty is the right to make decisions for our people without outside interference. Our communities thrive when we ourselves can lead the efforts to protect our lands and people. And I've uttered these words many times. It's only a sentence, but I've uttered it to um, my colleagues and state leadership. And what I often say is that bits and pieces of limited sovereignty, which is what we currently have, is not sovereignty at all. This legislation, LD 1626, makes an attempt at restoring our sacred tribal sovereignty. I've been personally insulted over the past 40 years to be a member of a federally recognized tribe, the Passamaquoddy tribe, and to have the Maine Indian Land Claim Settlement Implementing Act specifically exempt me from any federal Indian laws passed after 1980. It's a no-brainer. Federal Indian law should apply to any and every federally recognized tribe in the country. It's insulting to know that natives in this state have less rights than natives in other places just because the state of Maine insists that it be this way. We have lived with a 40 year mistake in negotiations and settlement. LD 1626 would undo this 40 year old violation of our sacred sovereignty and is the end result of years of long hard work between tribal leaders and st state legislators to recognize Wabanaki sovereignty. I urge you to pass LD 1626 so we might undo harms of the Maine Indian Land Claim Settlement Act and begin to restore the sacred inherent sovereign rights of our tribes. Chiwiliwan, thank you. That was Vice Chief Darrell Newell from the Passamaquoddy Tribe at Madokmagook. You're listening to Radioactive on WERU Community Radio.
On Tuesday, the Maine Legislature's Judiciary Committee will continue to consider LD 1626, an act implementing the recommendations of the Task Force on Changes to the Maine Indian Claims Settlement Implementing Act that would address some of the long-standing detrimental impacts of the 1980 Settlement Act on the Wabanaki tribes and recognize their status as equal to the other 570 federally recognized tribes. We are hearing today from tribal leadership who spoke at the public hearing for LD 1626 on February 15th. Bill sponsor, Representative Rachel Talbot Ross. Well, I am truly honored to be the lead sponsor of this legislation in the 130th legislature. Its current form is the result of several years of work by this committee and the Wabanaki Nation. Additionally, I want to acknowledge the co-sponsors of LD 1626 by name, President Troy Jackson, Senator Ann Carney, Speaker Ryan Fecto, Representative Rena Newell, Representative Tom Harnett, Representative Ben Collins, Representative Tom Martin, Representative Ann Perry, and Representative Jeff Evangelos, as well as the supporters of this legislation who were unable to be co-sponsors. The more than 100 organization coalition that has formed to support this bill, and the countless Mainers who have written letters to the editor, reached out to their legislators, and otherwise spoken out in support of this work. LD 1626 is not only a group effort of many people who strongly support the restoration of powers and authorities to the Wabanaki nations, but indeed, I say to you today, I believe this bill reflects the will of the people of Maine. LD 1626 is the product of then Speaker Sarah Gideon and Senate President Troy Jackson, affirmatively reaching out to the Wabanaki nations in the spring of 2019 to express the desire of the state legislature to modernize the State Settlement Act that governs the relationship between the state and Wabanaki nations. Their desire to modernize the Settlement Act came as a result of the 2016 Roundtable to review the Maine Indian Claims Settlement Act, which was hosted by the Maine Indian Tribal State Commission. That report was one of a long line over the years to include the same thing. It is time, it is absolutely past time. It has been more than enough time to restore sovereignty. The past 40 years of living under the Settlement Act system has shown that the state has benefited far more from the system than the tribes. In fact, every time a study is conducted on how the tribes fare under the Settlement Act, its conclusion is that the tribes suffer and have been unable to progress at the same rate as most of other tribal nations within this country. I'll give you a few examples. Although the Settlement Acts supposedly guaranteed the tribes the full right to govern their internal affairs, lawsuits brought by three paper corporations led to a state court decision in 2001, finding that the Settlement Acts required the tribes to release a substantial amount of their internal documents to the paper corporations under Maine's Freedom of Access Act. In 2012, Congress enacted amendments to the Federal Stafford Act that would allow federally recognized tribes to directly request a presidential disaster and emergency declaration rather than to go through their respective states. Maine opposed these amendments, applying to uh, Wabanaki tribes and argued to Congress 
that the settlement acts prevent the amendments from applying. The Stafford Act amendments would have allowed the tribal nations to seek federal resources where, when their disasters occurred on their tribal lands. The Penobscot Nation reported that Maine's efforts specifically prevented them from accessing federal resources when ice jams caused flooding on their tribal lands. The failure of these federal laws to apply in Maine also delayed tribal access to federal resources to combat the COVID-19 pandemic. A 2012 report of the United Nations Special Rapporteur on the Rights of Indigenous People found that the Settlement Acts create structural inequities that limit the self-determination of Maine tribes and contribute to Maine tribal members experiencing extreme poverty, high unemployment, short life expectancy, poor health, limited educational opportunities, and diminished economic development. In 2013, Congress enacted a law that restored the criminal jurisdiction of tribal nations over non-Indians who commit certain acts of domestic violence on tribal lands. The Penobscot Nation was set to be a pilot project for the US Department of Justice. However, the state of Maine, once again, challenged the application of the new federal law to the Maine tribes. The result was that the Penobscot Nation was not allowed to be a pilot project and lost out on millions of dollars of federal law enforcement resources. Worse, women who are victims of domestic violence on tribal lands were denied and delayed access to justice. Continuing in 2014, the Maine Department of Professional and Financial Regulation, which issues licenses to healthcare facilities in Maine, began sending letters to the Passamaquoddy Tribes Health Clinic, demanding that the facility only hire Maine licensed medical professionals. However, Congress enacted a law in 2010 that allowed all tribal nations to hire medical professionals that were licensed by any state. Congress did this to address the shortage of medical professionals willing to move to and work on tribal lands. But Maine argued that the Settlement Acts prevent the new federal law from applying to the Maine tribal nations. The conflict has led to the Passamaquoddy tribe continuing to struggle to recruit medical professionals to work at its health clinic. I say to this committee that these are but a few of the examples of the harms to the Wabanaki nations caused by the Settlement Acts, but there are many, many more. Penobscot Nation Chief Kirk Francis. The state and federal Settlement Acts have undermined our ability to provide services to our people, prevented us from creating an economy that benefits not only our community, but those around us and excluded us from many federal beneficial acts and laws that were meant to benefit tribal nations. Some of those include, as we well know from last session, the Federal Indian Gaming Regulatory Act, the Federal Stafford Act, portions of the Violence Against Women Act, and portions of the Indian Healthcare Improvement Act, all very serious pieces of legislation, but only a small sample of, of what we've been denied over the years. The goal of the State Settlement Act was to eliminate the existence of a government within a government. However, we are tribal nations, and only the federal government can terminate us. The Wabanaki nations have spent the last 40 years being treated like second-class sovereigns. We have watched out-of-state corporations come in and thrive 
by doing the very things we should be able to do, but for the settlement acts. We have watched the other 570 tribal nations across the country fully access the more than 160 federal laws passed since 1980 that benefit tribal governments and their communities. The restrictions on our inherent powers and authorities have caused our communities to be stagnant, often stuck in 1980, and continue to struggle to reach our full potential. We did not fully understand the impacts of the restrictions in 1980. It's not my goal in this process to relitigate that era, to put anybody's integrity in question or what their intentions were. But the negative consequences have become evident to us over the past 40 years, as the federal government has taken an opposite approach to the rest of Indian country. Over the past 40 years, the federal government has embraced the concept of self-determination and encouraged tribal nations to fully exercise their governance with the goal of achieving self-sufficiency. The provisions of LD 1626 seek to restore back to the Wabanaki nations our inherent powers and authorities to govern our lands and the people on our lands. This includes criminal, civil, and regulatory authority. The word restoration here is important. Nothing in this bill is about granting special rights to Maine's Wabanaki people. It is about restoring rights. After time has shown that the restrictions in the 1980 Settlement Acts have been hampering the ability of tribal communities to reach their full potential of self-sufficiency. LD1626 recognizes that modernizing the relationship between the state and tribal governments is in line with the rest of the country, and that the promise of self-determination and self-governance will bring benefits to all of Maine communities. Chief Clarissa Sabatis of the Holton Band of Maliseets. And this bill here today is the embodiment of that work. So many hours, so many conversations, um, different sessions so that everybody could be educated on federal Indian law. For myself, I feel like I have poured everything I can into this. Um, and I feel that everyone else around the table has done the same. So it is, it is significant. LD 1626 honors the government to government relationship. It honors our self-determination as tribal nations and the state's self-determination. LD 1626 places the tribes in Maine on equal ground with the rest of the tribes across the nation. While our tribe has seen growth over the past four decades, we continue to have barriers due in large part to this restrictive act that we've lived under. Over the years, we've been on the sidelines while other tribes across Indian country are able to pursue economic independence and support healthy communities and families through self-governance and self-determination. And as our tribal nations outside of Maine, work to eliminate unemployment, our tribe has rates that exceed that of Maine and Aroostook County. Without a tax base and limited economic development opportunities, it's difficult to generate private and public funding to supplement already underfunded programs such as housing, health, and social services. Many times addressing those priorities of our people like preservation of our language and culture, which are the foundation of who we are, are dependent upon competitive national funding. The Indian Self-Determination Act of 1975 was a turning point for the United States to move away from assimilation and restore sovereignty to tribal nations within their lands. Recognizing our inherent sovereignty and access to these laws allows us to flourish in an equitable environment. This act does not create special rights 
its provisions are not unique. Rather, it places us where over 550 tribes across the nation are and have been for nearly five decades. Recognizing these rights brings our tribal nations and Maine forward together. This bill honors our self-determination and inherent rights and is a matter of fairness, dignity, and respect. Penobscot Nation Tribal Council member and teacher Lee Francis. The children in my community are watching and listening to the testimony being given today. They will hear the words spoken in support of our inherent inalienable sovereign rights. They will hear words supporting tribal sovereignty. They will also hear words spoken against them. They know of our experiences, genocidal acts, massacres, bounties, scalp proclamations, infectious diseases, removal of children, forced assimilation, cultural genocide, Indian agents, and territorial removals at the hands of colonizers and their descendants. This is your history as well. How you respond to this bill will help provide them clarity on whether they too are deserving of justice, opportunity, freedom, safety, and happiness. This outcome will impact the direction their lives will take. Will they be, will they be able to stand side by side? Other youth in Maine working government to government without one body striving to exert control and influence over the other? Or will they have to be prepared to continue this fight? I thank the committee for affording me the opportunity to speak. There is only one ethical and moral stand to take on this issue. Uphold, support, and respect tribal sovereignty and the Wabanaki peoples of Maine. Supporting this shows my children that they are human, valued, recognized, accepted, and equal to others. Opposition teaches them they are viewed as less than, and I know that life. I have lived that life, and that is not what I want for our children. So I ask that all who have a voice in this, what do you want your legacy to be? Do you want to be a part of the solution and make a difference for all people, including the tribal children listening today? Or would you prefer to be the heel of the boot crushing them? This past August, members of the Wabanaki tribes participated in a rally for the river and Wabanaki sovereignty by the Penobscot River. Passamaquoddy Chief Maggie Dana of Sabayak spoke. Dungokni Dabig, Maggie Dana, and the Lewis, Beskamukad, Sagamask, Nujao Zibayig. How are you, my friends? My name is Maggie Dana the Passamaquoddy Chief of Zibayig. I want to talk to you a little bit today about sovereignty. Sovereignty the Wabanaki have is inherent and long established since our ancestors' existence. Sovereignty cannot be granted to us. We already have it. There is so many times I've heard our chiefs having to say this. 
and Augusta and many other times and that's just something that we always have to remind people of that it's not granted to us we already have it the state of Maine has slowly and deliberately calculated their attacks to erode it as much as possible they proved it when they tricked us while we were under duress to agree to the Maine Indian Land Claim Settlement Act. Since that act, our sovereignty has not been recognized. That was all part of the plan because without sovereign, recognized sovereignty, we are not equal. Without recognized sovereignty, there is no justice. There is no clean water. There are no opportunities. There is no trust. There is only control over us. You may hear our Wabanaki people talk about having rights, but to clarify the word we use as rights is more about having obligations. We are not born with rights but we are born with obligations. We all have an obligation to protect and serve the river, the water, the earth. Thank you. As well as one another for the present and future generations. Again, a third work session on LD 1626, an act implementing the recommendations of the Task Force on Changes to the Maine, to the Maine Indian Claims Settlement Implementing Act, will be held Tuesday, March 15th at 1 p.m., when a committee vote is expected. You have been listening to Radioactive on WERU-FM. Today's program was produced in collaboration with Sunlight Media Collective, including Don Neptune Adams, Lakota Sanborn, Molly Obamsuin, Maria Gerard, Andrea DiFrancesco, Nikki Sakara, and Meredith DiFrancesco. You can listen to archives of this and other locally produced public affairs programming at weru.org.